Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, I'm going to let you remain seated tonight because, if I, uh, because I just am. Uh, verses 9 through 16. Let's read responsibly tonight. Let me read verse number 9 and read with me verses, the even numbered verses, verses 10 through 16, if you would please. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor hath heard, nor hath entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For one man knoweth the things of the man, save the spirit of man which is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things are also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yea, yet he himself is judge of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. This is the third uh, message in a series of... Uh, of uh, three messages in regards to chapter two of the in regards to the spirit of the cross we looked at verses one to four, one to five rather, and then verses six to nine, the spirit of the uh, and the Father's plan we looked at. And we looked at nine, nine uh, observations about divine wisdom. We said divine wisdom can only be known by the by the perfect or the mature Christian. Divine wisdom is not of this age, nor of the princes of this age. Divine wisdom is God's wisdom. Divine wisdom is, a, is in a mystery. Fifthly, we said divine wisdom is hidden, is, is hidden to the, from the world. Uh, divine wisdom manifests the eternal plan of God. Divine wisdom was unknown to the rulers that crucified Christ. Divine wisdom is contrary to man's experience. And lastly, we said divine wisdom is preferred before God, uh, by God for the saved. And with that said, we want to look at the the, the spirit of the, and the Christian in this passage of scripture before us, I think you'll find six references to the spirit of God in verses 9 through verse 16. Two references to the spirit of man and one reference to the spirit of the world, of course, but it's, you see the word spirit uh, about ten times in these verses before us here, of course. And uh, there's much ignorance and much misunderstanding amongst Christians in regard to the person and to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in this lesson, we want to examine uh, what the Holy Spirit does in the life of the believer. Uh, there's much ignorance, of course, in Acts chapter 19. You don't have it on your reference sheet, but in Acts 19, it speaks about uh, Paul was, went to Ephesus and uh, they asked, had, had they received the Holy Ghost? And uh, since they believed it, and they didn't even know if there was a Holy Ghost. They, they didn't even heard whether there'd be any Holy Ghost. There's a lot of ignorance regards to the Spirit of God in churches even to this day, of course. And then there's a lot of misunderstanding. Of course, we have Pentecostal churches, charismatic churches, non-denominational churches, and even Baptist churches of all different stripes and isms, and of course. We see there's a lot of misunderstanding about the ministry of the Spirit of God. When we get to chapter 12 and chapter 13, and especially chapter 14 of this book, we'll spend several messages, Lord willing, in regards to the different, uh, to the misunderstanding of the work of the Holy Spirit of God, of course. And so we want to look at, just briefly tonight, four important ministries of the Holy Spirit in the life of the Christian. 
First of all, look at verse number 12 as we begin. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. We have not received the spirit of this world, but the, th- the spirit which is of God, and of course the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God, first of all, number one, he indwells us. He indwells us. And uh, John 14, verse 17 says, Even the spirit of truth, which the world cannot receive, the, Jesus said, He dwelleth with you and shall be in you. But the dwelling of the Spirit, at the moment of salvation, you become the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. And 1 Corinthians 6, 19 tells us that. For what know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And so God tabernacles for this. We're the temple of the living God. We talk about this being a sanctuary, this building here, this, this auditorium here. And it's, a, it's fine to call it a sanctuary, and, uh, but the, really the sanctuary of God is within us, of course. Christ in us, the hope of glory, the spirit of God is, he tabernacles with us, of course. Think about that. We take it for granted to us Christians, but, uh, but God lives in us. God is, God is very present in our being as we speak here. He's, we are the temple, his, his uh, abode where he abides at. He abides in our heart and he'll never leave us nor forsakes us. So he, he indwells the believer, letter A, at the moment of salvation. And uh, then secondly, he, he baptized you or identifies you in the body of Christ. The fill in the blank word is the word identifies or the word places is another word. 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen. For by one spirit are you all baptized into one body. It's, Brother Dave's been talking about this or talked about this for several weeks in his Sunday school class, of course, the spirit baptism. Uh, whereby we were baptized in the Spirit when we were saved. And whether, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, we have all been made to drink into one Spirit. And so we are baptized into, his, into the body of Christ. He, we are identified, he places us in his body, of course, through his Spirit. And we're immersed in his Spirit, of course. And so we, this Holy Spirit, there's an indwelling of the Spirit. At the moment of salvation, we become the temple of the living God, of course, the tabernacle, the abode of where... Uh, Christ in his spirit dwells, of course. We're identified, we're baptized in his spirit and the body of Christ. And then let her see, he seals us. He seals you, he sealed you, or he marked you for life. Ephesians 1.13, in whom also you trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Uh, that word sealed has the idea of uh, Sealed, we're, we're authorized, we have authenticity, we have security, we have this eternal security of the believer, we're sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. Ephesians 1.14 says, which is the earnest of our inheritance. The word earnest has the idea of our, it's, we're, there's the deposit of our, of our inheritance through the Holy Spirit of God, the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of, and of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. In Ephesians 4.30, not in your worksheet, but in the Bible says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, where you're sealed unto the day of redemption. And so we have the Spirit sealing. In, uh, in Revelation, it speaks about sealing. In Revelation 7, in verse number 3, in the tribulation hour, uh, the, God said to the angel, said, say, see, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the seed nor the trees. So we have, we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. 
And then again, it talks about the servants of God being sealed in their foreheads. And uh, we, we could read about the mark of the beast in uh, Revelation 13, of course. And uh, anybody that takes the mark of the beast, several references in Revelation tell us that, that uh, they're damned forever in, to hell, of course, if they take the mark. And in the contrary, when we're saved, we're sealed with the Spirit of God. We receive his sealing and we are, we're destined to heaven for uh, guaranteed. We have the earnest of his inheritance, the earnest of his uh, being sealed unto the day of redemption, of course. And so we have this sealing, and this indwelling. We have this tabernacling, in our, this indwelling. Then letter D, he will remain in us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. We are uh, in John 14, verse 16, Jesus prayed in the garden, or rather with his disciples, or, or his really intercessory prayer, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. That word comforter is a fun word, of course, it's the word parakletos, many of you know that. Of course, the one that comes alongside the one that's, that's attached to us. If you, I think of Tim, always I use this illustration, if you fall out of an airplane, you want to have a parachute on you. And uh, the first time Tim ever fell out of an airplane, he had a parachute, but he not only had a parachute on him, he had a fellow strapped on his back, of course, and he was uh, joined to that guy, of course. And I understand the first time you jump out of a plane, uh, most of the time they, they let you they, they have an instructor jump out with you and you're attached to him. You can't get, you're attached to the hip, proverbially speaking. You can't get away from him, of course. And the Holy Spirit of God is in us and we're, we're attached to him. He's alongside of us. He's in us. He's a part of us, of course. And we're sealed by his... And he remains in us forever, the Bible says. And so uh, he abides with us forever, John 14, 16. Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 11, verse 29, that the gifts and callings of God are without what? They're without repentance. He never, he's not, God is not a, He's not politically correct, but he's not an Indian giver. He doesn't give a gift and take it away, of course. We're, we're sealed by that gift of, uh, uh, that comes without repentance, that gift of the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 10, verse 45, later on, Paul said about the church, at, about the Gentiles, that on them also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so with the gifts of callings of God are without repentance. Once you receive the Holy Spirit of God, you never lose him. Now we can quench him, we can grieve him, but we can't lose him, of course. And... Uh, We'll look at, Lord willing, uh, Psalm 51 here in a few moments here, but he remains in us. He, 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 we have his gift of, uh, he indwells us. We, uh, he, we're, we're his temple. We're identified with him. We're placed in his body. We're sealed. We have his mark. We're marked for life until the day of redemption. He remains in us. He's, he is God's gift to us. And then he liberates us from the chains of bondage. Second Corinthians 317, of course, the Bible says, now the Spirit of the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's emancipation in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's emancipation in the Spirit of God, of course. There's liberation. And then there's no condemnation, according to Romans chapter 8, verse 1, of course. So we have the Spirit of liberty that's in us, of course. And, uh, and then we are no longer ch children of this world. Uh, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. Uh, Jesus said in John 17, 14, I have given them my, thy word, and the, word, the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. This is a called out assembly. We came out of uh, this world to, because we're different in this world, we came out on a Wednesday night to, uh, to tabernacle with God's people, to join with God's people, and, 
And uh, because we're not of this world, this world's not our home, we're just passing through now. Jesus said in John 17, 16, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. And so we are no longer children of this world. We are no longer in bondage. Romans 8, 15 tells us, for you have not received the spirit of bondage, again, to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We're accepted in the beloved. We're adopted into his family, of course. We're, we receive the spirit of, of uh, not the spirit of bondage, but the spirit of adoption, the spirit of liberty. And then uh, I love 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of sound mind and of, of, uh, of love and of power and of sound mind. No longer are we in fear. And uh, we don't have to fear being lost. We don't have to fear losing our salvation. We don't have to fear losing the love of Christ. He loves us with an everlasting love unconditionally. Thank the Lord for that. So the Spirit, and He indwells us, first of all, the first fact that we see in this passage of Scripture before us, 1 Corinthians 2, verses 10 through 16, is that, that we have the Spirit of God and uh, he dwells us, and he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Then verse number 11, look at what it says, verse 10, one more time. But God hath revealed, unto them, uh, revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For one man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him. Uh, he, he searches our spirit. Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. God knows us better than we know ourselves. The Holy Spirit searches he searches us, and first of all, the Holy Spirit uh, reveals to us our sin, and he, he's the convictor of our sin, of course, and thank God for that. If you want to turn to Psalm 51, in fact, I'd like to invite you to turn there just quickly, if we could. Psalm 51 and verse number, the entire psalm, actually, but for time's sake, this is David's penitential psalm, one of his two, another being th chapter 32 of Psalms. But uh, David said, after his great transgression, uh, he said, verse number two, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Uh, a Christian doesn't have to uh, feel guilty or get guilty for a sin. It is a conviction, a natural conviction of the Holy Spirit of God that abides in him, that tells us when we've sinned and who we've sinned against. Against thee only have I sinned. And done this evil in thy sight, verse number four. But let's go all the way down to verse number 10 for time's sake. It says, uh, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. This is, uh, this is when we're understanding dispensationalism. We don't have to worry about in the Old Testament, uh, the Holy Spirit of God came upon believers and then he left it up. He left believers. He, he came upon Saul and he left Saul. And, uh, he, but in the New Testament, we, he seals us in the day of redemption. We never lose him. So we don't have to worry about losing our spirit of God or the indwelling of the spirit, but we can't grieve and quench him again. And so he searches us. He searches uh, and he convicts us. I've often said many times there's a great difference between guilt and conviction. Guilt is from the devil. Conviction is from the Holy Spirit of God. I know that he loves me, but when I sin, he convicts me, of course. And he, uh, we don't have to feel condemned, but we feel we, we are being, we judge ourselves, 1 Corinthians 11. We realize that we have sinned and it's revealed to us by the Holy Spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit of God searches us and reveals to us our sin. And then the Holy Spirit of God, let her be, reveals to us the deep things of God. Now that's a deep subject, no pun intended, but back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says verse number 10 again. 
Uh, by, for God hath revealed unto us that them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. What are the deep things of God? Well, there's the love of God that passes understanding. Uh, you know, my, I used to say with my kids, now I say with my grandkids, they don't have any idea how much I love them, of course. And uh, all my grandkids, they're perfect. And uh, I say that all the time. And uh, in my mind, they are perfect. I know they're little rotten little sinners, to be honest with you, but uh, they're my grandkids, so they're, they're, they're perfect, of course. And uh, I love them. And I think of the love that God has for us, of course, the Spirit of God. He loves us with an everlasting love. He loves us with a deep love, an unconditional love, a love that we can't know the height of it, the depth of it, the width of it. It passes understanding. That's so much love, the deep things of God, the love of God, the, the omniscience of God, the, all, the, 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 the all-knowing God, of course, and the omnipotence and omnipresence of God. He's, it's, it's a mind-blowing truth that... God never lets us go through anything that he doesn't know about and, uh, or he hasn't ordained and allowed it to happen to us. And he, he, we know that all things work together for good to them. They love God to them. We are called according to his purpose. Even when we can't understand what's happening, God is in control. God is blessed. God is, and, and, and he reveals to us the deep things of God, of course. I was thinking about, uh, and every day it seems like we hear somebody having cancer. Uh, I don't know if anybody here has cancer. Probably somebody has cancer here, and we don't know it. Maybe I have cancer. Maybe you have cancer. But uh, it starts in your body, and you don't know about it. But here people have cancer, of course, all the time. And, and uh, you say, wow, that, that's really tough, of course. And uh, maybe our day will come when we get cancer. Of course, you get cancer, I get cancer. Or, or some malady happens in your life, of course. But God is still good. And God is working his perfect will in our lives, of course. And so... Uh, God, the Holy Spirit reveals the deep things of God, the unsearchable things of God, the, the, the depths of knowledge that are past understanding, his love that's past understanding. He reveals to us our sin. And Paul said in Romans said that he, our sin might be sinful. We may not be condemned, but that we might be, be convicted to turn from our sin and repent and plead the blood of Christ. So, the Holy Spirit of God, number one, he indwells us. Number two, he searches us. Number three, verse number 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual, the Holy Spirit of God teaches us. And this supports a couple things here. One, first of all, it supports verbal inspiration of the scriptures, or the verbal, the word verbal is the very, the very words, not just the plenary extending all parts alike, but not just the thoughts of God are inspired, but the very words of God. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Every word of God is pure. Every word of God is there for a purpose. And, of course, some famous verses on inspiration and verbal uh, inspiration and preservation. Second Timothy 3.16, we all know it. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And so we have this perfect verbal inspiration in 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is any private interpretation, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And so we have this verbal inspiration of scripture. John 17 and verse 8, Jesus said, for I have given them, for I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, that, and they have received them. We receive the word of God in truth. And uh, knowing that it's from the Spirit of God, he's the author of the, we have 41 or 42 different writers of the Word of God over 1,600 years and three different languages, of course, and uh, 
but that we have one author of the Word of God, of course, the Holy Spirit of God himself, of course. And so we see this. Uh, he teaches us that the Word of God is verbally inspired. Every Word of God is there for a purpose and, and uh, is, is there, there for our benefit and for our instruction in righteousness. Then the Holy Spirit of God, letter B, is also the teacher to all believers. He's the master teacher in John 14, 26. But this comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. I be careful when I give this illustration by my pastor, uh, Pastor Bennett. Some of you remember Pastor Bennett. Uh, I just saw a picture of him yesterday. He's in the nursing home now, and he has... Alzheimer's, of course, obviously, and uh, dementia, of course, and, uh, and uh, he never was a, a, a so-called scholar in the world's eyes, but he was a scholar because he had the Holy Spirit of God that taught him to teach God's Word, and he did that for so faithfully for nearly 50 years of his life, of course. And I think a Tex Slanaker, who's in heaven now, Tex Senior, of course, and Tex wasn't the most intellectual guy in the world, but he had the Spirit of God in him. And he had more knowledge than, than a lot of people that uh, have PhDs and doctorates and so forth. The Holy Spirit of God is our teacher, and he'll teach us all things uh, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you, Jesus said. John 16, 13, Jesus said about this teacher, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. And it's interesting, but, uh, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit of God teaches us to rightly divide the Word of God and, uh, and to... When we hear truth, we, it, it resonates with our, with our spirit because we have the spirit of truth in us, of course. And that doesn't mean we're going to know all things and we're still learning, we're still being corrected and so forth and so on. But, but uh, you know, one thing, you know, I, I say, you know, one thing we have going for us as a church body, not that we're Baptists, not that we're so-called independent Baptists, not that we're fundamental Baptists, but that we have the spirit of God, that we believe the word of God, we teach the word of God, and and it bears witness with people, and they understand the word of God, of course, and they, they, uh, uh, they, they, he the Spirit of God is, the Holy Spirit teaches us all things, and it guides us into all truth, of course, and so we, we have the, the authority of the scriptures that, that's valid, validated by the Holy Spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit of God, he indwells us, he, every believer, he searches us, he, he reveals to us our sin, he reveals the deep things of God, he teaches us, he he teaches us, and he's the primary teacher of all believers. He's uh, through the perfect word of God. And then he, fourthly, uh, verses 14 through 16. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And, but he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. Christ is my judge, Christ is your judge, and the Holy Spirit of God is our, uh, he's the one that reveals to us all things, of course, and we're able to discern things. For, he, for who hath known the mind of the Lord, that we may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. That's an amazing statement, we have the mind of Christ. Notice that the Holy Spirit matures the believer. We're able to letter A, to, to discern things discern right from wrong. I, again, I have to be careful here because we always have people come in and with uh, different doctrines and different idea, ideologies, preconceived notions and so forth. And uh, uh, from time to time, and it's Wednesday night, I can get away with saying this here, but we have Sunday morning, almost every Sunday morning, I'm sure with the size crowds that we have, 
we have people that come in that believe false doctrines about healing and about uh, uh, prospering and so forth. They believe that if you're right with God, if you have faith in God, won't let anything bad happen to you. God, uh, it rains on the saint and the sinner both. Uh, bad things happen to good people, of course. People get sick and people uh, get in automobile accidents like, like uh, Janet Ticole on Sunday, going to come to church of all things. She comes to church and she gets in an accident. I was, is that fair? And, uh, but it happens, of course. And uh, uh, we, we have wrong doctrine in regards to if, we, if, we, uh, if we're living right, no bad thing will happen to us. No bad things happen to Joseph's of the world and, uh, and to David's of the world and to Moses's of the world and to Abraham's of the world. On and on we could go. Bad things do happen to God's people, of course, but all things work together for good to them that love God. So we are able to discern things. Uh, letter B, we have the mind of Christ. The Bible says, but we have the mind of Christ, right there in verse 16. Uh, that is, we look at the life from the Savior's point of view. And Philippians 2, 2, fulfill ye my joy that ye may be like-minded, having the same love, being one, of one accord, of one mind. Going back to this being in the Spirit, one being indwelt by the Spirit of God. Every believer is indwelt by the Spirit of God, and we've already looked at that, of course, and we're sealed by His Spirit. We can't lose His Spirit, and uh, we're guided by His Spirit, we're taught by His Spirit, and uh, this, how does that look like in, uh, in real life practical living, of course? Well, we have the same love, the love of Christ that passes knowledge. We love the brethren. We're of the same mind and of one accord. Uh, verse verse 5 of chapter 2 of Philippians says, let this mind be in you, which also in Christ Jesus. Jesus can kind of send himself to men of low degree, of course, and we are being love of the brethren, of course. We're out of the mind of Christ. We're out of the Savior's mind. And uh, we're not to be uh, thinking that we're better than other people, of course. That, that, that wouldn't be Christ's mind. Uh, Christ loved, loved the brethren, of course. He loves the brethren. He loves the the, the weak and the, the, the feeble and the, the mighty and the noble. Uh, he loves us all this, the, with his God and Christ's love, of course, is his mind uh, that uh, it's a pure mind and loving mind and, uh, uh, and all in one accord, of course. And then, then lastly, let us see the natural man, uh, in a verse I quote often, of course, uh, referring to verse 14, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And so let us see, the natural man cannot discern. He is in spiritual darkness. And uh, many verses we could look at, but 2 Corinthians 4 and verse number 3, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which, are, which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And, uh, you know, of course, the Jews have been in the news. Uh, uh, Israel has been in news every day, if you're listening, of course. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, many people are against uh, Israel, of course, and obviously. And, and uh, nationally, many of them are blinded still to, the, to Christ, obviously, and so forth. They, they, they're, but they're some of the most intelligent people on the face of the earth. They're the most famous of scientists, the most famous of... Uh, Brokers of uh, bankers in uh, commercial and real estate and in, uh, in uh, science and on and on we could go. They're at the top of the, every major field of uh, intellect there is in this world, and yet they 
are blinded towards the things of Christ, uh, many of them, of course. And uh, uh, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, and he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And so this spirit of God, we have the, the joy of having the spirit of, of Christ that dwells in us and dwells us, seals us uh, and forever and ever and ever. He liberates us and he, we have his mark. His gifts are without repentance and, and uh, his calling is without repentance. He, he searches us and he reveals to us our sin and he, and he uh, shows us deep things of God, yea, the, the mysteries of God, the love of God and the the uh, omniscience of God and omnipotence of God and uh, omnipresence of God, of course, it's mind-blowing. And uh, we, he shows us, he teaches us uh, that the word of God is true. We can believe every word of it and that uh, he's the teacher of all believers. And then, of course, he matures us in Christ. And we're able to discern all things. We're able to have the mind of Christ and uh, to love the brethren and be uh, single-minded and uh, we can discern when others are in darkness and don't have the spirit of, of God in their heart, of course. But uh, uh, let's uh, sing Trust and Obey here in just a moment here. Brother Dave, if you come to the platform, we'll, we'll, we'll turn to, if you find that page number for us. But let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth of your word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit of God that helps us. And Lord, I pray that... Uh, Dear God, we wouldn't grieve the spirit, uh, your spirit, that we wouldn't quench your spirit. And Lord, when we do, may we plead the blood of Christ and may we renew right spirit within us. And uh, we don't have to worry about you taking your spirit away from us, as Psalm 51 said, but we certainly can lose your presence or lose your power in our lives uh, by unconfessed sin and dwelling in sin. Uh, Lord, so help us to trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Uh, bless as we close out our service tonight, we pray, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.